0: Hello, I'm Jan Dallin. I'm one of the co founders of Skype, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. Now, the show's been going on for ages. We're close to getting to 500 episodes. And if you are a seasoned listener, then you will know that every 100 episodes, I take over the mic and I talk about what's on my mind. I go back and look through past episodes, and and really it's my opportunity to take over the mic. Uh, Typically, I interview founders, app entrepreneurs, millionaires, authors, uh, everyone who has the uh, knowledge and ability to help us in our own app entrepreneurial journeys. Uh, But today, I wanted to take over the mic and just talk to you talk to you about maybe some of the questions that you've been asking that I've been seeing on various communities that I'm involved in and my own slack community Uh, and just really go through uh, like answering some of these questions uh, going through some of the best past episodes uh, to give you an update on that Uh, and then I'm saving my episode 500 for the chat that I had with the co-founder of Skype now the guy's amazing and uh, anyone who has built a company co-founded a company and it, and it eventually gets sold to microsoft for over eight billion dollars then it must be worthwhile talking to and although we don't talk about skype we do talk about uh, the projects that he has got going on and his views on ai so that's episode 500 i let uh jan talon take that uh, uh, wonderful landmark but for Me, I thought I'd get in here early. Uh, It's almost 100 episodes since I last took over the mic and it's my opportunity to talk to you. So firstly, thank you. Thank you very much for listening to the show. I am internally grateful uh, that you spend your very valuable time listening to the interviews and to the content that I put out. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, also uh, thank you to my two sponsors, you know, without these sponsors, the show just wouldn't get produced. So first is Gummy Cube. Uh, Gummy Cube are great when it comes to app store optimization. Uh, their big value add is that they have the ability to collect data from the app stores and use that to target the best keywords and to get you uh, high up in the search rankings within the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. So. To uh, look at some of the past case studies, go to GummyCube.com, GummyCube.com. And if you do happen to speak to the founders, mention that you come from the App Guide podcast. Uh, also, TopTal. Uh, TopTal have supported me over this year, and they are great when it comes to finding the best developers, whether they're app developers or web developers or even designers. Uh, they have a rigorous process of vetting to get the best network. Of developers and designers so if you are looking for extra help part time full time or on an hourly basis you really are in good hands if you go to toptal.com forward slash pool toptal.com forward slash pool and you'll get an up to two week trial that's toptal.com forward slash pool and, and thank you toptal for supporting this podcast right so I have the mic and i have uh, 20 minutes to half an hour to talk to you Uh, first i I just wanted to talk about uh, something i'm a little bit worried about actually i uh, follow uh, on youtube uh, a channel called uh, l2 and uh, they provide uh, winners and losers Uh, For the uh, digital age. Uh, It's really quite uh, interesting. I'm always looking at it. You know, Amazon uh, a big winner Uh, Some of the companies that are getting into the digital space and succeeding are winners like Domino's Pizza But uh, recently I just uh, came across a video. I think it's for uh, the end of 2016 But I was really worried because uh, they had uh, within this short video Uh, A list of uh, all the winners, you know, uh, they're predicting Amazon's going to be eventually uh, uh, um, a trillion-dollar company, possibly. But in the losers category, in the losers category is app developers. And I realized that uh, there's millions and millions of uh, app developers out there, uh, you know, hoping that their apps are succeeding and they're getting downloads and engagement and And I'm sure that there must be a lot of us who are slightly uh, feeling rejected, feeling uh, that we are uh, losing in the App Store race, because it is becoming mature. We can see that, you know, the years I've been following the App Store. uh, Now it seems that all the uh, big apps have uh, big, huge marketing budgets behind them, and I look at you know, people's uh, phones and uh, there is uh, a worry that uh, only a handful of apps tend to uh, be used time and time again. Uh, and and so getting into uh, that space that typically is dominated by Facebook, let's face it, uh, they have um, Instagram and Facebook and WhatsApp uh, vying for the top of the charts. Um, you know, also in there is Snapchat and and just um, Google and, and then Apple's own apps, uh, it's really hard to compete. So uh, I'm sometimes you know in my own bubble because I, I constantly speak to successful app founders, app entrepreneurs uh, who are winning. But uh, do you feel like we're losing? Uh, I don't know. I mean, are app developers winning or losing? What's your views? I'd love to hear back from you. Um, you know, if you feel like uh, you're struggling, uh, you know, uh, there was a past episode i did do um with uh, an israeli entrepreneur uh, who uh, did a, an article uh, which was f u startup world and uh, it was a real kind of backlash uh, against the startup world and that that um really took a lot of uh, traction got lots of views and you know i'm just worried that uh, there is perhaps uh, a a generation rebelling against uh, the promise of entrepreneurship and you know within this whole podcast if I look back I can honestly say almost 500 episodes now uh, that this podcast is genuine we're not trying to I'm personally not trying to convince you that there's it's easy money it's an easy ride we get to the heart of the stories where uh, more often than not you hear the downs of the journey as well as the ups the fact it is really struggle, a real um tough challenge uh, and there is no promise of success uh, but uh, it's almost like many of the entrepreneurs say it's the journey in in itself uh, that uh, changes you uh, so there's some initial thoughts um, you know if you have any views um, do let me know of course you can go to the uh, let me um, go through some of the questions that I typically get and are Uh, Very valid for looking back on my archives and trying to pick out some great episodes that go through some of these questions Uh, um, Common question is uh, do you need to be in the valley to get funding and funding in general uh, as as well? And the answer to that is no no, you don't have to be in Silicon Valley to get funding clearly. That's where a lot of the uh, uh, hype is and uh, money is Uh, you know you do get uh, this kind of vicious circle that. uh, Successful uh, app founders are based in Silicon Valley, they make it uh, and then they take the money that they've made and reinvest it into the economy, usually within uh, startups and, and technology. So uh, it is, you know, easy money, uh, more kind of challenging money, I guess, to get, but it is uh, an advantage, I guess, being around uh, in amongst all that uh, Um, you know like money Uh, but there are many episodes that I've put out that that we talk about funding and the founders were nowhere near Silicon Valley you know as an example episode 384 uh, was with Graham Hobson he's the founder of uh, Photobox and uh, he's based in London and got his uh, funding from London Uh, so Uh, And, you know, I'm going to be talking about many past episodes, Uh, the Apple App Store. If you're listening to my podcast on the default podcasting app, then uh, you'll only probably get back um, to episode 400. So you may have to go into my archives. The best way of doing that is just searching within your favorite podcast app, Paul Kemp. Uh, paul kemp and you'll see archives part one part two part three part four they're uh, all in 100s and their past episodes so episode 384 is probably uh um, archives i think part four um which would be the 300 to 400 series of episodes yeah go and have a listen to that that was really interesting graham hobson talking about how he got his investment for photobox and um you know they were celebrating uh recently uh passing 7 million customers um, uh, over their period of uh, the company life. Uh, But uh, when he initially got uh, the investment, he was really, uh, I I guess, worried and stressed about paying it back. So, of course, you know, many companies think that when you get the investment, that's the win. Uh, Starting to believe that that perhaps is not um, the win because it's almost like uh, delaying the day that you have to start making money and, and of course, your reputation is on the line, so paying back the investment is is key. Um, in Paris, I had a chat episode 470 with Cyril Trosset, and he uh, talked about, um, you know, getting funding for his uh, app uh, Alert Film. And it was wonderful chatting to him because he explained that, you know, he learned more in the two years Uh, working at a startup than he did in 10 years working in a corporate job. And I, having been in a corporate job, I absolutely can uh, uh, almost guarantee that that is the situation, uh, that you do have a rapid learning growth uh, when working at a startup or working on your own or working in the startup community. Uh, I was just speaking about this recently in that having... Uh, like the startup community is wonderful I mean if you know like for example if I uh, launch an app and it's successful I will uh, blog about it I'll maybe do a podcast about it I will get the information out there and I will share the information and that is not necessarily the case for every other industry and in corporate world because it's it's very different you know you kind of if you get something that wins you keep hold of it you don't share it you uh, keep it to yourself, and then all the politics internal as well. Um, there's not really, it's not conducive to sharing within a corporate environment, on, you know. And uh, and so, uh, just like the information out there in the startup world is, is wonderful, how it's all shared and, and everyone's helping each other out. Uh, I had a good chat with another London-based entrepreneur, uh, Michael Rolfe, uh, who created uh, YoYo Wallet. It's a mobile wallet app. And he was uh, raising $10 million, uh, again, based at, uh, outside of Silicon Valley. So um, there's uh, my friend Austin Cohen, uh, episode 404. And he's uh, based in Miami, nowhere near Silicon Valley. And again, he had a good round of funding and uh, did did okay with um, uh, his investors. And then, uh, you know, like his worldwide app, uh, that uh, I talked about on episode 440 uh, with Lex Deke, uh, who uh, was really thrilled to see a lot of funding come through as a re- result of his uh, app, uh, so, uh, funding through his app. And uh, again, it's just like all these different uh, platforms now that are coming up uh, that don't require you to be in Silicon Valley and get funding from the startup world, Uh, So lots of episodes then talking about uh, 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 companies that have succeeded and app founders that have succeeded outside of Silicon Valley. Um, Protecting your app. This is another question I often get. Protecting your app. uh, Do I need to ask a lawyer? Now, we know that uh, Apple do something called uh, share locking. I believe that's when. Uh, Apple come and copy uh, an app that's successful and have it as the default app. And they Sherlock many apps and many brands. It's becoming fairly common now. And uh, there there really is uh, obviously no way of protecting yourself against uh, Apple coming in and and copying you and wiping out your uh, business model. Um, But there are ways to protect your app. One of the ways I always think, um, which is good, is uh, branding. And we had a really good discussion about branding with uh, episode 395 and Christian Bromley. And he did sort of talk about the importance of branding in the startup world and and in the startup culture. Uh, So, of course, if there are competitors coming out to you, then if you have a very strong brand and you have loyal users coming back or customers, uh, then that is going to protect you. And you won't need to have uh, any kind of um, other protection other than perhaps a trademark on your company name and your brand. Uh, uh, I had a good chat with uh, Robert Luca at episode 427. And this was uh, talking about uh, getting 2 million unique video views uh, over a period of time. Uh, i sorry, 2 million unique videos created getting 180 million views. That's 180 million views. Now, if you have that kind of impact, uh, whether it's a game or an, uh, uh, in this particular case, it was a Surgeon Simulator, that whole uh, experience. Wonderful chat with Roberta Luca, who's the um, one of the uh, top people there who created the game. Well, I mean, that's protection in itself because it doesn't matter how many people copy you, how are they going to get that virality uh, and how are they going to uh, almost copy that? You know, you just can't go out and get 180 million views. So if you have something that goes viral, then that in itself is protection. And I don't think you need to worry too much about uh, your app being copied uh, because it's just so widespread and so viral. In fact, it's probably more likely that 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 will cause uh, your app to be copied. Now, um, episode three nine three had a great chat. Actually, it's some time ago now with a guy called David Dimin. David Dimin, and in fact, uh, he is the uh, co-founder, creator of Velap, video editing live app. And uh, since that chat, since I first met him, uh, I uh, have to say thanks to. Um, a listener called Kevin, who uh, initially um, made sure I was introduced to uh, to him, David. Well, you know, I'm now part of David's uh, team and the Vellapp team, and we're getting a launch uh, coming up very soon. Uh, of course, I would like some uh, help if you are listening to this and you know any growth hacks, any good download techniques that you've used. Uh, even though I've launched many, many apps, I'm always on the hunt for things that work. I've got my own strategies um, but if you think you know somebody who could help, then uh, please do let me know. Get in touch, paul at Um So David um, was talking about uh, uh, his app, and actually he's, um, rather than protecting the app itself, he's protecting um, some functionality within the app, uh, unique features, unique functionality, and, and that's getting a patent. A patent, uh, and so he's got patent pending at the moment. Um, so... Uh, That is a really good way of protecting certain features, certain brands. In his case, it's uh, to do with 3D touch and using it to edit the video. Um, But of course, if you have a unique feature for your app, then uh, you can protect that uh, through a patent. uh, And David's uh, done it and it doesn't seem like that it's impossible to do that so another um example and and finally i would say in the whole protecting your app thing just get uh, to market really quickly in episode 467 of the app guide podcast uh, i talked to christian bau and we were talking about uh, building and uh, delivering products within uh, four weeks just four weeks and the importance of getting to market really quickly And of course, like if you are looking to protect your brand and you protect your app, what better way than getting to market so quickly that uh, your competitors just don't have any chance of uh, competing with you and you pick up perhaps that early wave of interest. uh, So that's being quick to to get your app to market. And of course, like at the moment, Apple is a a bit of a juggernaut, uh, titanic steering away from the iceberg. So if you are small, Uh, You have a small team or if you're an indie app developer, then you have uh, something that these big companies like Google, like Facebook, like Apple, they don't have, which is uh, being very quick to react to certain new features, uh, being very quick to uh, come up with new ideas and get stuff out to market that may be relevant. How do I protect myself from some other company just stealing my idea? and uh, this is uh, not so common now we do get you know perhaps i would say i don't want to call it na- oh, maybe it is naive but uh, you know some uh, perhaps let's say uh, new to the game uh, new to coming in uh, think they have like the world's best idea and do not want to share it with anyone because they think that everything is in the idea now I have some strong views about non-disclosure agreements and I actually just feel, I very rarely sign them. And in fact, I've refused guests who have asked me to sign non-disclosure agreements or to talk about an app with a non-disclosure agreement, simply because I feel like there are so many ideas. There are so many ideas and who knows what the good ideas are going to be? For example, you know the time uh, back in the late 90s who knew that google was going to be a billion dollar idea in fact there's stories of google being uh, rejected quite significantly rejected by many of the vcs and you know they ended up uh, doing quite well Uh, so who knows what's a good idea and, and not so um, you may be sitting on a good idea, but no one knows. Uh, you know, it's just impossible to tell what a good idea is and what is not a good idea. And so that's one thing I would mention. Uh, the second thing is that it's. Uh, we've had many chats on the podcast about it's not uh, the idea itself, but uh, in fact the execution of that idea, and that means that you know, even if your app is stolen, um, even if it's copied and duplicated or whatever, that you and only you are the best person to uh, execute on that idea and passionately deliver that idea to market. And in fact, I've, I've got, had a recent example of speaking with uh, a contact of mine, um, Vivek, who had his uh, website stolen and uh, it took him, according to him, 20 minutes to figure out Oh, it's not worth pursuing. Um, you know, it's not worth getting cross about. Uh, let's just move on, um, change the branding, change the name, and uh, continue forward. So, uh, you know, the, the the web is full of uh, plagiarism, plagiarism, and uh, pe- people stealing others' images and apps, and uh, and so I would say uh, that uh, it's. Don't worry about it too much. In fact, we had a really good chat about non disclosure agreements in episode 382. That's 382 of the AbGuy podcast with Jorge Selva, uh, who's creating a smartphone uh, that is minimalist and is uh, attempting to try and reduce the amount of notifications. And you know, actually, just a, a bit of a sidetrack here. Uh, I think that in years and years to come, um, a few decades maybe, The generation, uh, whoever, uh, uh, whatever they'll be called at the time, will look back at the millennial generation and our generation, uh, living through the noughties and uh, uh, 2010 to 2020, uh, and they will consider uh, our addiction to smartphones as bad as perhaps how we now consider the smokers of the 50s and the 60s. Um, because when you look around, I mean, the addiction to mobile phones is uh, tremendous, like just uh, the overwhelming uh, amount of notifications, uh, the addiction to um, you know, having to fiddle around with your phone. And uh, it's obviously got to the point where it is an addiction. And I believe that uh, in decades to come, yeah, we probably will look back and think uh, actually the way we used our smartphones uh, was uh, a, a very addictive Uh, And so, yeah, I do like the idea of that minimalist uh, phone. Um, It's a shame perhaps Apple don't uh, think about doing something similar, uh, you know, given that there's more attention, more uh, fighting for your attention, uh, especially through a phone. Uh, You know, I'm just going to uh, take a a quick break and uh, take this opportunity to thank uh, my two sponsors, TopTal are the world's best when it comes to getting app developers, web developers, designers. Uh, they have this rigorous process of vetting uh, the developers, designers that come through them. Uh, many stages that you have to get through of tests and interviews. And uh, they end up by rejecting a whopping 97% or more uh, of the people that come through. And I know this because uh, I see many of the developers uh, who come through as a result of listening to this podcast. And sadly, many of those are, are rejected. Uh, it is tough to get in. But of course, once you're in, then you have uh, the world's best uh, developers and designers that you're working with. You have, uh, as a developer and designer, you have uh, a terrific uh, uh, place where you get uh, great work and you uh, get uh, a lot of um, peer support as well and i've been reading many articles recently about uh, just uh, how bad it's getting with these third-party platforms you know the reviews are terrible Uh, going on there as a developer is uh, you know really challenging because of the the way you're treated with uh, clients uh, the way that many of these platforms uh, focus on profitability and uh, the clients uh, rather than uh, helping you as uh, a developer and that means that uh, you know if you do get into the network uh, you will see um, that it is the world's best and and as a client uh, tapping into this resource is is t- terrific because you don't waste any time you go uh, have an introduction meet with the lead developer talk about your uh, project uh, they figure out the best uh, person from their network to work with you. You then have an interview with that person. And if it works out, then you then progress with the project. You can appoint them on an hourly basis or a part-time or a full-time basis. And you know you're just getting the best person. It's a wonderful network, great developers, great designers, do go and check them out. Now, if you go to this link, you will get a an up to two week uh, trial. And that means that, you know, just if something doesn't work out, then, but they'll pay the developer and they'll um, give you another opportunity to work with someone else or give you a refund so that is how important they believe it is to work with them uh, so ignore all those other third-party platforms and do go just to the world's best it's uh, toptal.com forward slash pool toptal.com forward slash pool uh, thanks very much to toptal for supporting the show Next is GummyCube, GummyCube.com, very long-standing sponsor of the show. Uh, They do App Store Optimization, and I have an App Store Optimization case study here uh, with a company called Gemma, and App Store Optimization increases their visibility by 300% and increases downloads by 775%. Uh, and it's created uh, one of the fastest growing communities for collectors in the world. This is a client that they've worked with. It's a case study that's on their website. You can look through it and you can see how uh, they've really uh, been quite successful and they owe many of uh, that um, uh, success and downloads to Gummy Cube and to the team there that really help with App Store optimization. Uh, So if you want to get the best App Store optimization, get data from the App Stores, to help you in your, uh, with your rankings and getting the best um, from the app stores, then do go to gummycube.com. That's gummycube.com. Thanks very much to Gummy Cube for supporting this show. Okay, let's get back to uh, answering some more of these questions and Another uh, typical uh, question uh, is how to create a PR campaign for app launches. And, you know, app launches is one of the big topics. Uh, It's something I've actually uh, tended to migrate into. I've done many app launches over the years. Uh, It's been wonderful when it goes uh, great. It's been demoralizing when it doesn't go so great. And it's just there's no particular like proven strategy it's uh, i mean there are companies out there that uh, will take a lot of your money to do an app launch uh, but it depends on lots of different things i have got some uh, great episodes for you to perhaps listen to if you haven't uh, in the past uh, to help you with uh, a great uh, campaign that would help with an app launch the first thing is that i have done so many episodes now relating to Launches some of the launches that I've actually been involved with on Product Hunt. And uh, you can actually get to this whole list if you go to uh, theappguy.co forward slash product hyphen hunt hyphen related hyphen episodes. Uh, you know, you can go to that link or uh, just go to theappguy.co and it's at the bottom. There's a, a link there called Product Hunt Related Episodes. And uh, it gives you a full list of them. Uh, some of the um, episodes I've um, created uh, are um, from campaigns that have been a number one on product hunt uh, or certainly in the top five and uh, we talk about the benefits of being on there as well and the downloads that are created and the attention that it got and you know it's sometimes really really hard uh, one of the uh, people I work with on um, a successful launch and it's on that list of uh, episodes is uh, Mondley And, you know, even they said, look, this is crazy. We've got uh, millions and millions of downloads. I mean, 10 million plus. And uh, because I remember working with them, launching that when it was uh, uh, hardly any downloads. So it was wonderful to be with them at the start and have such traction. But even they uh, find it challenging to get into the tech press. The tech press are just so uh, overwhelmingly... um, inundated with apps and with app launches and trying to get free PR, you know, by spamming a load of tech journalists is just not working. It doesn't work and it's really hard to get onto their radar. One useful PR hack that I uh, came across uh, recently, uh, I thought um, worked really well is the, uh, it goes like this. You create some content, write some content that may be related to your app or something uh, to do with uh, the problem that your app is solving or what it's doing. And you create that, post that out there. You know, maybe it's to Medium, maybe it's to Hacker News or uh, Growth Hacker or any of these other sites that give you uh, the ability to publish, uh, Reddit. Uh, And uh, then you approach um, the relevant tech journalists uh, and you say, hey, look, as fellow creators... I've got this interesting article Um, I wanted you to have a look and it means that you're approaching journalists not uh, as a pitch to try and get something from but as a fellow creator uh, that uh, you're you're helping them in a way because you're delivering something that could be of value. So that is... um, Uh, a really interesting PR hack. And if you do need a list of uh, Apple tech journalists, I do have that list and I'm willing to share that with anyone who reaches out to me uh, through my website, theappguy.co or emailing me, paul at theappguy.co. You have to be very, very careful, I guess, when it comes to paying for PR. Uh, I've spoken to uh, many companies that have had wasteful experiences with uh, PR um, but uh, on the reverse, I've actually spoken to uh, some very successful PR companies. Um, one in particular is uh, Blonde 2.0. It's with uh, episode 363 and Ailet Knopf. Uh, she was behind uh, Yo app, which uh, had millions of downloads, and also uh, Viber. I think that Viber had probably 600 million downloads um, over a number of years. Uh, but of course, be be careful because uh, even then, you know, they are probably the the best examples of uh, their company. And when you go to a PR agency, they are going to give you case studies uh, that are um, the best that they've done. Uh, and you won't see a whole list of um, you know failures. Um, so, you know, and it's it's expensive. Uh, it's very expensive. It can cost five thousand dollars a month to work with some of these organizations. And, you know, we did have episodes. uh, I'm thinking one in particular with uh, the TechCrunch journalist, uh, Steve O'Hare, and he said, you know, you can employ these uh, PR agencies, but all they do is, um, you know, approach their contacts and they still perhaps don't have as much influence. Uh, In Steve O'Hare's case, he said, He would rather speak with the founders. He would rather speak with those founders that are passionate behind the idea of what they're trying to do. Uh, So there's some sort of quick examples of um, running PR campaigns for app launches. Uh, Finally, I think, uh, I'll stop at this question. How much do you pay for beta testers? Well, getting beta testers, we know through the podcast that it is incredibly important to have beta testers because as so many uh, examples I have come across where the uh, owner, the app developer, the founder just had an idea, wanted to create an app, did it, uh, and I love that episode. I'm struggling to remember which one it was, but uh, the founder was saying, you know, the, the app is, an unbelievably successful app when it's in your own mind. You know, when you're having a shower and you're thinking about the app, you're thinking about the features. It is a perfect app that is absolutely needed in the world. And there's a huge disconnect between what is in effect the imagination of the founder to when the app is actually out there in the real world, getting real user feedback and um and you know I, I we all go through this don't we i think this is the world's best uh, podcast in my, my own mind until uh, someone criticizes it so i have to i guess um re- really uh promote this uh, this fact that there is this disconnect. So how do you pay them for beta testers? Well, you know, some of the best examples are from past episodes. This came out of uh, episode 403 with Michael Rolf of YoYo Wallet. Uh, he he actually went to a university, inside a cafe and just started uh, showing it to uh, the, uh, uh, the students there who were paying for... Um, their coffees using uh, you know like they were trying to queue up at the ATM and he would say look why are you queuing up at the ATM you can look, we've got this test case for uh, using YoYo yo wallet and, and he was really getting great feedback from real life uh, users and many many episodes have this same example it must be a terrific example I would highly encourage it go to Starbucks go to Starbucks buy someone a coffee someone maybe a millennial someone in the line uh, and just say, look, I'm an app uh, entrepreneur, uh, and I've got this um, uh, app that's in testing stage. Uh, Would well, love you to have a look and just give me your the thoughts, and maybe even video that, or at least uh, record the audio uh, for the feedback. It's wonderful when you you get someone who has never seen the app before to sit down and start going through it, because you know you're you're in danger if you've been living with this app for any amount of time, and you know before. Um, uh, some of these episodes I've created uh, chatting with founders, you know, they may have actually spent over a year of, with that app before uh, actually getting it out to market or getting it in front of their friends or family. It's wonderful to get someone who's never seen it before because you're blind to all the the, uh, the features, and the way you, you use it, the way you open it. Uh, it's just impossible to kind of go back to what it feels like to see the app for the first time. You know, you're, you're not um, in a position to do that. So I would say, yeah, that's um, go to Starbucks. Uh, also, episode 338 with Justin Drake. Uh, we had a good chat. It's 20 minutes into the episode where we talk about beta testers and a very early episode, episode 151 with Genevieve Azolia and Denzel Tsar at 21 minutes and 40 seconds, 21 minutes and 40 seconds in that episode, uh, we talked about uh, their beta testers. Uh, Of course, there's other mechanisms as well. Uh, If you are in pre-launch phase, you can um, post your app onto a beta list, uh, which is a good place, or you can um, go into many of these Slack communities, my own included, and you can ask for uh, people to test your app out. Uh, and uh, maybe even create an email list and um, and then uh, ask for beta testers you know when you're emailing Um, putting an ad on uh, newsletters is also a good way of doing it and uh, just maybe putting some ads out there on Facebook a video ad uh, asking for testers um, and then maybe doing a giveaway or a prize uh, to those who are um, involved so uh, lots of different ways to get beta testers and you know actually there was that episode which led to my chat with Skype uh, co-founder the episode uh, was uh, with um, one of the uh, founders of a language app uh, who was uh, working in the Sun Collider and uh, he managed to, I think, get half a million beta testers just by uh, putting out his app and, and asking for feedback and building up his community. It's a wonderful story. Uh, it's um, with Mate Montel, uh, episode 492. And we talked about how he got his half a million beta testers. Wonderful story. He actually introduced me to uh, Jan Tallinn. And that's how we ended up uh, with episode 500, which is next. So, again, uh, there's uh, some answers to your questions. Hey, look, thanks for listening to this podcast. Uh, I hope uh, you benefited from me sharing some of these things. And, uh, again, uh, I'm looking for uh, feedback from you Uh, It's still not uh, too late for me to uh, make changes. Uh, What do you like? What do you dislike about the podcast? What uh, do you need help with? You see, I have uh, a very uh, good way of getting top guests, top uh, influencers uh, onto the show. And uh, I just need um, always guidance from you, the listener, on uh, who Uh, we should have on and uh, what we should cover and what stuff would be helpful in your journey and if you have a successful journey as well let me know i want to hear i love those stories where uh, you know someone's quit their job because uh, they've been influenced by some of the guests or they've gone to live in a different country and uh, start a new career uh, because they've uh, listened to some of my uh, episodes recorded abroad with digital nomads Or You know, all these uh, wonderful um, case studies uh, uh, that I'm finding out. And uh, of course, like if you love the show, then uh, I love uh, to hear about that as well. Because me and many founders that I interview, one of the biggest uh, reasons we do this is for making a difference and uh, getting feedback from those who are using our our app. I mean, recently, uh, someone was using um, a project that I was involved with uh, called Eyeless. And uh, I I happened to say, look, you've got to email uh, an audio to the founder and say how it's just changed your life in a way and helped you write a book. Uh, And he did that. And it made the founder cry because it was just so nice to get uh, that uh, feedback on uh, how you're changing lives. So uh, if you want to help me make me cry, then tell me how you. Uh, you've changed your life as a result of any of these episodes or uh, tell me how I can improve it how can I help you more thank you very much for listening to this uh, unique episode episode 499 next episode is 500 do stay tuned for that and do share it do tweet about it do promote it do help me out get more Get help me get more listeners to this show because then if I do get more listeners then it means that we can Get more sponsors, and we can get uh, more content and more great episodes underway. Thanks very much, and uh, all the best. So, I have a big challenge, and I need your help. Uh, I am about to launch an app. It's called Velapp, V-E-L-A-P-P, video editing live. And uh, it's with a past guest actually, who was on the show, episode three nine three, David Dimin. Uh, I am part of the team. Who uh, is going to be helping launch this app? We're very excited about it. Uh, it's potentially going to be uh, a video demoed by uh, the co founder of Apple, uh, Steve Wozniak, uh, who uh, loves the app and uh, really is looking forward to uh, demo, demoing it when he's in London. Uh, but I need your help because, you know, like I do have a lot of launches I've done, I'm always on the hunt for. Things that have worked, techniques that have worked with you, strategies, people, bloggers, influencers, especially influencers. Influencer marketing is terrific and I'll be doing a bit of that myself. But I, I wanted to know if you have access or contacts with influencers. These are uh, high profile uh, bloggers, uh, podcasters, uh, anyone with uh, a good following, a good engagement uh, who would potentially uh, be open to Uh, helping with the launch uh, or anyone who has had a successful launch and has actually tapped into this influencer network, uh, do help me get in touch. It's paul at appguy.co via email, paul at appguy.co or just uh, go to the website, theappguy.co. There's a contact button there and you can uh, email me or get onto my website or even tweet me, paul underscore s underscore kemp. paul underscore s underscore kemp. Or of course, come into my Slack community. I'm always in there. Uh, sort of you know talking about stuff uh, I think you can actually join if you go to theappguy.co there's uh, slack uh, join my slack uh, on the navigation at the top bar so thanks very much to listening to this episode uh, me rambling on and uh, you know can't wait to get to episode 500 thanks and bye for now